Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, it's Wednesday the 16th of August. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. First up, we've been chatting to the owner of an Ashford restaurant who's hit back after it was given a one-star food hygiene rating. An inspection last month found the Kennington Carvery had dirty, greasy walls and meat wasn't reheated to a safe temperature. Jeff Hacker says the Food Standards Agency has been unfair in its assessment. It was absolutely devastating. It was a, a real kick in the teeth. Uh, we wasn't expecting it. We're a very honest business. We've always welcomed people to look around our kitchen. The systems we had in place weren't the best. We've put everything right. Everything they've asked we've done right. Uh, yeah, we've worked very hard to, to bring it back to where it should be. Not that there was anything really wrong, in my opinion, but that's where we're at. Uh, we've worked very hard, just to reassure you. In 12 years, we've had nobody poorly, nobody. We've carried out a great service. We serve you know, many, many people each week, and hopefully you'll keep coming. And you know, we'll have our five stars back before we know it. So thanks for all your support. It's, it's like a, a knife through the heart. That's, a, that's the only way I can describe it. It's absolutely puts you in turmoil. Sleepless nights, wake up in the morning. I was awake this morning, quarter past four. You know, just thinking about everything that's going on, it's, it's just non-stop. You know, the business is tough as it is, the industry is tough. These things should be here to help, not to hinder. And at the moment, that's how I feel it is. It's hindering a good business that is fundamentally a really good business. Uh, and, and a bit more help would be, would be great, not just the right to attack. So please keep coming and we'll see you soon. You can read more details of the report in the story online. Kent Online reports. Tributes are being paid to a motorcyclist who died in a crash near Sevenoaks. 49-year-old dad of two, Darren Simpson, is thought to have been overtaking another bike when he was clipped by a car travelling in the opposite direction on the A225 between Shoreham and Lullingstone earlier this month. Flowers have been left at the scene. His family say he had a heart of gold and will be missed forever. A man in his 20s has been taken to hospital after an attack in Gillingham. Witnesses say he was badly beaten and covered in blood when police turned up to Beeching's Way early yesterday morning. A 34-year-old man's been arrested. It's understood they knew each other. A nursing student at a Kent University says he's devastated after finding out he's not fully qualified. An error in calculations means around 200 final year students at Canterbury Christchurch will need to do more placement hours. Sam Gear is one of those affected. He's been chatting to KMTV's Gabriel Morris. So when did you first hear about this miscalculation of, um, of hours? Uh, the beginning of this week, um, I believe it was on uh, Wednesday morning that we had an email um, to say that there was um, inconsistencies with our hours and that we would um, not be able to progress further into professional registration until the hours had been completed. And how did that feel? You should be essentially graduated by now and you're essentially being told that your university uh, experience, I mean, your, your, your teaching hasn't finished yet. 
Yeah, I mean, it's devastating. Um, a lot of people uh, throughout the cohort have kind of shared the same feelings. Um, we've worked extremely hard and tirelessly. Over three years, we joined the degree during the height of the pandemic and have worked extremely hard to get to where we are now um, to join the register of, of nursing and to know that there's a delay. Um, that's obviously quite disheartening. And obviously, you're going to be going into work. I know you are working in a medical um practice at the moment but how is this going to impact you progressing into the workplace? So for the workplace it will delay the professional registration um, which means that you can't work as a um, registered nurse all the time that you're not on um, the register. So at the moment we can work but we are um, significantly um, on reduced reduced pace so we're down to just what a healthcare assistant would be on um, with the training of a nurse. And how reliant were you on that increased salary? Uh, massively. I think um, over the course of three years, you know, we, we've all had to make uh, sacrifices. A lot of us were mature students. We have mortgages, we have rent, we have families to look after. Um, and to kind of be able to now be at the end of the three years and know that there's going to be a further delay to any sort of earning, um, that, that impacts everybody hugely, especially in, in our current climate. And what is the delay and how, how many more hours are you going to have to, to do? So the, the delay was um, to do with the clinical hours. During COVID, we had reduced clinical hours and we made that up with um, reflective practices, which obviously are useful for when we come to our revalidations each year. Um, as regards to the hours that we make up, we've been assured by the university that it shouldn't be any more than eight weeks of placement, but that will be 40 hours a week over eight weeks of unpaid uh, placement clinical hours. And are you going to have to do that alongside the work you're doing at the moment? Yes, yes. I, a lot of us wouldn't be able to um, afford to, to stop working at this time um, as kind of our student finances all, all finished. Um, we're not in, the, in a new academic year. We're not signing up to a new academic year. Um, this is, is just what's left over from the degree. And Sam, finally, you haven't got much time left, but how much support are you getting from the university? Uh, the university have been in touch. They've had a meeting with us today. Um, they're going to be in touch with the NMC, which is the Nurse and Midwifery Council, um, and then they're going to give us another meeting the following week. They have discussed financial compensation as well. Um, so I think they're, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. We're all obviously quite distressed about it all um, but I, I think I think they're trying. In a statement the university say they've apologised to students for the oversight and any financial impact will be addressed. Kent Online News. Flowers have been left at the scene of a crash near Dover following the death of a woman in her 40s. She was a passenger in a Ford Ranger which collided with a BMW on the A256 Whitfield bypass on Sunday evening. The road was closed for several hours and police are still investigating. Elsewhere, more than 200 people have turned up to a vigil in Folkestone for six asylum seekers who drowned in the Channel. A small boat capsized off the coast of France on Saturday. The government's facing growing pressure to create safe and legal routes for refugees. 
There's been another slowdown in the rising cost of living. Figures show inflation dropped to 6.8% last month. That's down from 7.9% in the previous month. The Chancellor says it shows the government's plan for the economy is working, but Labour says prices are still going up faster than many other major economies. Jonathan Ports is a former chief economist at the Cabinet Office. He's been taking a look at the stats. Overall, they're more or less as expected. Um, I think I would make two points. Uh, First of all, that the services inflation, um, as opposed to goods, so things like food and energy and so on, have, have, as we expected, the impact of those on inflation has been coming down, and that's led to the drop on the headline figure. But the um, core inflation, the things, uh, inflation taking those things out of the calculation, and in particular, inflation for services, so things like in- car insurance, um, travel, and so on, ha- has actually gone up a bit. Um, and I think that means that, if anything, the Bank of England will be slightly disappointed with these figures. Um, and that makes an interest rate rise at the next meeting slightly more likely. And you can see that already in the markets because the pound is going up, suggesting that uh, markets expect that interest rate rises are still likely. So overall, pretty much as expected, but perhaps slightly worse. The second point I would make, and this is the important one, is about the distributional impact. Um, What these figures also show is that inflation continues to hit the poorest households hardest. They've seen inflation up by perhaps 3% more than the richest households over the last couple of years. Um, So people at the bottom end are getting squeezed. And you also saw that in the pay figures yesterday, where people at the upper end of the income distribution, working in finance and so on, are getting higher pay rises than people at the bottom end of the earnings distribution. So what's happening is we're redistributing money from the relatively poor people to the rich. Um, And that's not something the Bank of England can address through interest rate raises. The government has to do something about that by providing more support to people at the bottom. Kent Online reports. A pregnant porn star who used an empty pram to steal bottles of vodka from a supermarket has been given a suspended sentence. Roma Lawson also stole a £2,500 diamond ring by switching it with a fake during a five-week thievery spree in Hearn Bay. Courts heard the 34-year-old had a serious drug addiction. She's due to have her baby in October. Nearly three quarters of Kent's burglaries went unsolved last year, an average of 13 a day. Figures from the Home Office show a suspect wasn't identified in 4,850 break-ins. That's 72% of all cases. Just 6% resulted in someone being charged. A sitting-born woman's been telling Kent Online about a mysterious illness which stumped doctors and took years for her family to be formally diagnosed. Fiona Wills's mum and granddad both developed leukodystrophy, a rare disease which can cause seizures, the inability to swallow and loss of cognitive skills. She's going through the process of genetic testing and has spoken to us about her family's story. I just remember hearing a lot of stories growing up about how my grandma was convinced that it was where he worked that was responsible for his illness. Um, My whole family believed that very, very strongly. Um, 
So I think maybe if they hadn't had those beliefs, we might have sought help for mum a bit quicker. I think because we always just assumed that that was because of because he, he worked with chemicals. Um, I think he worked in a factory. Um, so because we assume that's what did it, we weren't really aware of there being anything genetic going on. So when mum started showing sort of strange behavioural changes, it was all just put down to mental health. She started picking at her skin and she she had sort of little scabs all over herself from where she'd been picking at her skin. It wasn't until I was talking to my aunts and I described the kind of symptoms that mum had and she said, that sounds like dad. And that was kind of the, the light bulb moment where I thought, could this be something genetic in the family? The neurologist sort of saying, oh, that sounds like anxiety. I got very frustrated then. And then even after we had the MRI result, they were taking a really long time to refer mum anywhere because I don't think they knew what to do with her. I've definitely had periods of feeling incredibly low and you kind of feel like there's there's nobody really that you can talk to about it because no one's heard of it and nobody can kind of relate to it. I've not actually heard if my results are back yet and I'm not chasing it because um, I've, I've had kind of a lot of other stuff going on in my life recently as well and I, I need to make sure that I'm kind of in a good place when I do find out. Rochester Cathedral will be lit up blue next month as part of an awareness campaign. Kent Online News. A recovering alcoholic who was drinking two litres of whiskey a day says coming to live in Kent saved his life. Pete Redding moved to Gravesend from Scotland last year after his cousin invited him to stay when he realised how bad the problem had got. He's now taking on the Saxon Shore Way, a 160-mile walk from Gravesend to Hastings to raise money for charity. A landlord who put his pub in West Smalling up for sale says he's had so much support he's determined to keep going. The Wheat Sheaf reopened to the public earlier this month after being run as a private members club since the end of the pandemic. Bosses are hoping an increase in customers will help address their financial concerns. Now, the first female head teacher of an historic Kent school says she's looking forward to getting started in September. King's in Canterbury has only ever had men in charge since it was first formed in 597. Jude Lawson will take over next month and has been telling us why she took on the job. Well, there are so many things which drew me to working here at King's Canterbury. Um, I think the first of those, of course, has got to be this absolutely incredible setting. There is nowhere that feels quite like the precincts of Canterbury. It is a simply stunning setting for a school. I was also really drawn to the school's long-standing focus on academic and co-curricular excellence. Um, My educational philosophy really aligns with that sense of developing the whole person um, and and seeking to raise aspirations and ambitions for young people. And finally, the thing that I think also drew me to this role and to this this school um, was the fact that King's Canterbury has a, a close connection to its community. It's very much part of this city. We work closely with local schools. We have a a long-standing and incredibly um, important connection to the cathedral. Um, And these things together meant that this role felt to me like an incredible opportunity to be part of a very, very special school. I think there's always a sense when someone comes in new to a school, particularly a school with such a a, a proud heritage history in a place like King's Canterbury, um, that you're going to come and bring bring new things in and perhaps revolutionise the place. But the the truth is that that King's Canterbury has always been a very modern looking and forward thinking school. It literally was the first school ever in the world. It's thought to be the first school in the world. 
didn't get much more trailblazing and pioneering than that. The school was very early to bring co-education in um, and that's now really fully embedded here at King's Canterbury. Um, and the school's also invested in, in fantastic modern facilities, the, uh, the new science block, the Malthouse Theatre, complementing a very diverse and modern curriculum. So absolutely, I want to make sure that we are continuing to modernise the school to prepare pupils for the lives they will leave beyond school to prepare them for the challenges and opportunities of the future. But from my perspective, that is not something the school is not already doing extremely well. So I want to build on that history of being a modern thinking and forward-looking institution. Some of their former pupils include Warhorse author Michael Morpurgo. Head to the Kent Online homepage to see some of Maidstone's favourite lost restaurants. People have been sharing their photos and memories of Trotter's Dixie's American Diner, Cheeseman's and Martha's Kitchen. You can also see what some of the buildings have now become. And two stars from Maiden Chelsea have been spotted selling plants in Tunbridge Wells. Tristan Phipps and Sam J Prince were at the Pantiles promoting their business. Kent Online Sport. Football and it was another win for Gillingham last night as they travelled to take on Sutton United. Ashley Naderson scored the only goal in the 10th minute of the match in South London. Manager Neil Harris spoke to us afterwards. I'm delighted with three points. Not many teams in the league season win they're opening three games and a cup game obviously but three league games and I'm delighted for, delighted for the group delighted for the football club all I asked for the players today obviously we wanted to win the game I asked for the players to stand up to the physical pressure that Sutton put on you uh, warned everybody that they're a really good side really good at what they do asked a lot of questions of your, in your defensive unit um, restarts set plays they're really, really good, really good. You know, I can't express how good they are. And they're going to be a hell of a lot of teams, especially here this season. Um, and, and we dug in and we stood up. And, and I don't really remember Jake making too many saves. Uh, I don't think we tested their goalkeeper too often. Um, but the key moments that appeared, one, I think, we block in the first half from Cashy. Um, at the other end, we scored a really good goal on the counter. We could have had another two. On the, should have had another two on the counter. Um, but ultimately... Tonight was about standing up to the pressure Sutton put you under from restarts and set plays, and we got ourselves a clean sheet. So we did the job. We had three clean sheets out of three, so fair play to the group. Um, you know, I asked, I asked when we haven't got the ball that we have 11 good defenders, including centre forwards and the goalkeeper. They have to be good defenders. You know, it's a job to keep the ball out of the net, um, and that's not just blocks and headers. That's that's defensive shape, pressing triggers, um, and the lads have done really well at it. Um, a lot of League Two games are going to be like that over the course of the season just because Stockport was a real good football match between two really good teams. Uh, Accrington, we dominated the game. Um, today's going to be a lot of games like that where we've got to play a little bit more back to front, a little bit quicker. We're going to have to stand up to the physicality side of it. Um, and I think I've got a group that can do both sides of the game. We played into really good areas at times, second half. Like I said, first 15 minutes, it, it was a boxing match referee would have stopped it. Um, and then I thought Sutton did really well, but it's under huge pressure, kicking, sort of downwind, uh, asked a lot of questions of us. And the gripe wasn't with how we defended, we defended, we stood up to him defending really well. I just thought we gave the ball back to him too quickly at times. We just come away. The bravery we showed in the first 15 minutes was outstanding. The quality we showed was outstanding. We scored a, a brilliant goal on the counter-attack. Um, but then we stopped making an extra pass. And second half we made it, but we maybe just a little bit of impetus in the final third. Um, but I, I picked a team, I picked a, a, a narrow 4-4-2. I picked uh, Dom Jeffries and, and George Lapsey to play really narrow because I knew it was going to be a second ball game. Um, so where we lacked a little bit of width and creativity at times, that, that's down to me and the team selection. Um, but 
I picked it to get a 1-0 win or to win the game because we, I knew we have to stand up to them and did. The Jules are now top of the League Two table. Neil Harris has thanked fans for their continued support. Record season tickets, you know, 800 up at Stockport first game. That's a small trick, isn't it? Over the season. Um, you know, 1,300 today, it, uh, it's brilliant. You know, they're, they're enjoying it. They're enjoying the, the, the Gallison factor and they've done since January. And at the moment, they're seeing their team win games of football. And, and, and I think there's not a, a Gillingham fan wouldn't have appreciated that performance tonight. They, it's not, can't always be about looking really good and passing the ball and controlling the game from start to finish, especially away from home. And they understand what League Two football is. You know, they're an educated fan base at the level. So they, they would have appreciated that. And, and at times, they understand that you have to be a good, solid Gillingham team, uh, and, and we were today. Next up is a trip to Crawley Town on Saturday. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.